Welcome to Life Point. Thank you so much for being here, whether you're watching on the screen or online or you're right here in real life in front of me. Thanks for being here. We're starting a brand new series today. It's called Overwhelmed. And I've been feeling overwhelmed lately. It seems like the things on my to-do list never get done. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody feel that? You probably can. It's really easy to get overwhelmed with all that we have to do with our schedules, with our kids' schedules, with our kids' homework, with our kids' extracurricular stuff, with emails and texts and social media. Got to check Facebook, of course, in the middle of all that. But all the demands that are put upon us, it's very easy to get overwhelmed with bad news and big mistakes and just the general feeling in life that I'm just overwhelmed. I just have this general anxious feeling that something has got to give. And so we're starting this series to talk about how do you live a life that's overwhelmed with the right things? Because being overwhelmed with the right things is a good thing. And hopefully as we go through over the next several weeks together, you'll discover the difference between being overwhelmed with all that life throws at us and overwhelmed with all the stress that we cause in our own lives to being overwhelmed with the love and grace and mercy of God. That's the kind of overwhelmed that will keep us going. That's the kind of overwhelmed that God wants us to live with. Not the kind that makes life hard and confusing and makes things difficult. See, being overwhelmed with the wrong things, it can lead to a lot of stuff. Being overwhelmed with the wrong things can lead to burnout. Being overwhelmed with the wrong things can cause you to hurt people you wouldn't normally hurt. Being overwhelmed with the wrong things can can cause you to run from your responsibilities and your commitments and even from God. And so we're going to look at a story in the Bible that's about a guy who was overwhelmed so much with what God wanted him to do that he ran. And his name is Jonah. And I hope as we tell this timeless story over the next four weeks that you find yourself in this story that you learn that people have always dealt with being overwhelmed no matter when they lived. Yeah, our world seems busier than it's ever been, but people have always dealt with this feeling of just being overwhelmed. And I hope in this story you recognize yourself and, and let it change your life. Because we're going to learn some very valuable things about the character of God as we look at this story from a man who ran from him. So there's some Bibles coming in the aisles right now. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. The ushers will give you one of those. You can keep it. It's yours to keep, or you can follow along on the side screens as well. So this story moves from watching a man who's overwhelmed, in his case, with what God wanted him to do, and so he ran but we'll see by the end of this story that he becomes overwhelmed with God's mercy and grace and what God could do for him. 
and I hope you experience that too. So let's start in the Old Testament book of Jonah, right at the beginning of the story, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. So it's a pretty simple thing. God shows up and he asked this guy Jonah to do something for him. He says, I want you to go and I want you to pronounce my judgment on this wicked city. And for some reason that overwhelmed him. And he had to make a decision. Am I going to do what God wants or not? Now, you might be thinking, well, I can't relate. God spoke to somebody. You mean he like audibly, like we're hearing you now, he spoke to someone? Yeah, he did. Well, does he do that today? Well, I've never audibly heard God say, Donnie, go do this. I don't even know anybody close to me that's heard God's voice clearly, audibly, loudly in their ears that says, go do this thing. Today, the way we hear God's voice primarily is through His Word, what we just gave out to you. But there are other ways we hear the voice of God. We hear the voice of God through the wisdom of godly people. We hear the voice of God through circumstances. We hear the voice of God through even nudgings within us. And when that happens, it can lead us to being overwhelmed. But however it happens and you hear the voice of God... It comes from his words. It comes from what you can hold in your hand. And when I hear the voice of God, I have a choice. I can listen or not. I can do what it says or he says or not. So if you're a student still living at home or a kid still living at home with your parents, uh, when they tell you to do something, you have a choice. You can either do it or not. You can either obey what they want you to do or you can totally ignore it. Listening and doing what they ask takes you down one path. And not doing what they ask probably will take you down another path that might be a little more painful than if you would have just listened in the first place. So here's what Jonah did when God said, I have this big job for you. And he heard the voice of God tell him, this is what I want you to go do. And it says this, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarsus. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarsus. And so Jonah is forever known as the man who ran from God. He knew what God wanted. And he took off in the opposite direction. There's probably some runners here right now. There's probably some runners watching. Because there's only two types of people. Runners and former runners. Because all of us, even if you're not running from God now, you probably have a story of having run from God. I remember my life when I was running from God, and it was difficult. I remember those, it was in my college days, and when I moved into an apartment, and I remember 
not being able to afford a very nice apartment. So the closer you got to the tracks, the cheaper the apartment was. So mine was like really close to the tracks. And, and it was just like a half a block away. And it wasn't just the train tracks. It was a train yard where they switched cars all the time. And so I had this overwhelmed feeling of I am separated from God. And if he chooses to wind this whole world down, well, then I'm still going to be separated from God. I'm going to get the smoking section for eternity. And I knew that. And so I lived with this overwhelmed, anxious feeling every time, like when those trains, when they clang together, when they're putting a train together to head out the next morning, I don't know why they only do that in the middle of the night. It sounds like a, a trash truck slamming a dumpster, you know, trying to get the trash out. And that would happen in the middle of the night, and I would sit up straight in my bed and think, oh my gosh, this is it. I would feel the ground shake. And when I was running from God... There was a part of life I knew I was missing out on. A part of life that I knew I could have if I would just stop running. And one day I did. I finally stopped. When you run from God, you catch yourself saying things like, God, I just don't need you in my life. I just don't need you in this part of my life because I've got this direction I want to go in. And and God, I don't need you here. And for whatever reason you're here today, whatever brought you here, if you're a runner from God, you've probably said those words. And here's what I want you to know. There's something happened that you don't know about until I tell you. And that is that when I was writing this down and thinking about what I would say, like I do every time, I prayed. I prayed for God to speak to the people that need to be spoken to. I prayed for whatever I say to through me or past me or in spite of me for, for somehow God's word to get into your hearts. And when I was writing this down, I thought, I've got this one shot, one shot for you to maybe stop running. This may be the only time you're here. So maybe in in the next 20 minutes, something will happen and something will be said to where you are no longer overwhelmed with life, but you can become overwhelmed with the love and the grace and the forgiveness of God. See, running gets easier when we're overwhelmed. It really does. So Jonah gets this request and we might think, well, why would you say no to that? That's That's a big thing. God asked you for this. Why would you say no? Why would that overwhelm you? Well, if if you know a little bit about history, especially biblical history, Jonah was an Israelite. Israelites had several hated enemies. They hated each other. They wanted to wipe the Israelites completely off. Wanted to get rid of all of them. One of those enemies was the Assyrians. And the capital of Assyria was, guess what? Nineveh. Exactly where God wanted him to go. Now imagine you are asked to go to your greatest enemy and say, God told me to tell you you're wicked. And you need to change. Would you be a little overwhelmed by that? Think of whatever your greatest enemy is, whoever it is. 
And you have to go to them and say, God told me to tell you. You probably couldn't get all of that out before something bad happened to you. So he's thinking a little self-preservation, like these people hate me. I mean, our way of doing it would be, well, let's just go like live among them and get to know them and love them a little bit. Maybe that'll change it. Let's not go tell them they're wicked. Let's not start there. But that's what God asked, and he wasn't willing to do it. And so in his overwhelmed state, he ran. And in spite of the distance he was running, in spite of him running in the opposite direction, here's what we're going to discover today and over the next several weeks as we look at this story. We're going to discover that you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. You can run. You can go whatever direction you want, thinking, I'm going to... I'm, I'm going to run from God. I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. But you can't get away from Him. Write that down. Write it personally. Write, I can run away from God, but I can't get away from God. And so we're going to learn some things from this story of a man who ran from God that may help us move from being overwhelmed with all of the things that life tends to throw at us to being overwhelmed with the love and the grace and forgiveness of God. And I want to encourage you to stick with us through this journey of all these weeks that we're going to be talking about this. So here's some things you're going to have to understand about what God might do when you run. God may ask you to do things you don't want to do. Clearly, Jonah didn't want to go tell the people that hated him that they were wicked and God wanted them to repent. Because when God said, get up and go to the city of Nineveh, announce my judgment because I've seen how wicked its people are. That doesn't sound like fun. So he ran. You know, some of the hardest conversations that I have had to have with people as a pastor is when I have to tell them, well, I think you should go ask for forgiveness. I think you should grant forgiveness to this person who has hurt you deeply the relationship you damaged or the what they damaged in you i think you should forgive them because it's going to be better for you if you do and i've had people say i will never i can't i won't and so they keep on running from what god has asked all of us to do you might be thinking, well, God's never asked me to do anything. I've never heard him say anything. I'm not sure what he wants me to do. Well, it's pretty clear he's asked us to forgive. He's asked us to show compassion. He's asked us to pray for those who want to harm us. He said, follow me. He said, show that by being baptized. We celebrate baptisms here so much because... God said to do it. God said to do that as a demonstration of your faith. And so that's why we constantly say, hey, if you're a follower of Christ and you missed out on baptism, you don't need to miss out anymore. Do it. God says be generous. And we run. And sometimes God just says do something we don't want to do. So we say no. 
So I always have a choice. Am I going to do what God wants me to do, the right thing? Or am I just going to say no and go in another direction and do whatever I want to do? It's your choice every time. Here's something that we discover in this story about Jonah. And that is that you can always find a boat going in the wrong direction. Look at the map up on the side screens. From where Jonah was in Joppa to Nineveh was only 550 miles. Just want you to go up there. Need you to talk to these people. He said, no, I would rather go 2,500 miles out of my way to not have to do that. And so God wants me to go in that direction, but I think it's better to go in this direction, so that's what I'm going to do. And what looked like this great opportunity, hey, God wants me to go over there, I don't really want to, here's a boat, I'm going to go. And so he gets on the boat, and he goes. And what may seem like a great opportunity, what may look like the right thing and feel like the right thing, ends up being the wrong thing and the worst thing. What may look like a great business opportunity or a great opportunity to get close to someone or a great opportunity to make more money or whatever may actually be a boat going in the wrong direction. And what we have to be able to do is discern that is this something that is just me catching a boat going in the wrong direction or is this what God wants me to do? When you jump on a boat going in the wrong direction. It's not just you that's affected. It's everybody around you. See, when you're overwhelmed, you do things you normally wouldn't do. That's why people who, who have ever conquered an addiction, and if you're here and you've ever conquered an addiction in your life or bad habits, you know there are triggers. And people who conquer addictions in their life discover what those triggers are. And when those triggers come into their life, they start to have some kind of plan of action so they don't give in. When we are overwhelmed with life, our defenses are really low. And it's easy to say, that looks like a great direction. I think I'm going to go there. Because it may look great, it may feel great, but really you're just overwhelmed with life. And you're about to catch a boat in the wrong direction. Runners tend to think, well, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. This is my decision. It's me. Not bothering anyone else. And they fail to see the long line of destruction that's behind them. And if you're a runner, and you're running from God, and you know what you're supposed to do, but you refuse to do it, you know the long line of destruction that can be left behind you and the regret. And it ends up those that are the closest to you ends up getting hurt the most. So here's the next thing that happened to Jonah. As he's running, he involves another group of people in this episode in his life. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. 
But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this, he shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he'll pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused this terrible storm. That Casting lots was like rolling the dice to decide, well, who's, who's the person? When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I would be afraid to answer all those questions. You're just getting drilled with all those questions like, uh, I'm a pastor. <laughs> You're out, you know. But here's what happened. Here's what we have to understand. God may send a powerful storm to get your attention. Jonah thought he was running in the opposite direction to get away from God. And maybe you do too. God may send a powerful storm to get your attention. What may have seemed perfect at first and the right thing to do at first. But things got harder and harder and harder. And clearly for Jonah, it got harder than he ever imagined. If you're a parent, you know that you have to do things sometimes to get your kids' attention, right? And if you don't get their attention on the first hey, don't do that again. Well, you have to escalate a little bit. Like, well, you're going to go in some time out, okay? All right. And then they don't listen, and that doesn't work. You have to escalate a little bit. Depending on your parenting style, where you go next may or may not cause pain to the backside of your child. And so you have to do more and more and more to get their attention. I can remember when our girls got, um, we, we spanked our kids. Uh, when they were little, and I remember at nine years old, somebody told me, nine years old, never spank your child after that. And I was like, okay, well, we won't. And so I sat both girls down when they turned nine, and I said, honey, you need to know that you're no longer going to get spanked. And they're like, yes, this is awesome. The world's right again, you know. And they both celebrated that. And I said, but your punishment will come in different forms. And when they got a little bit older, it was, we're going to take your phone. They would much rather have a spanking, even when they're teenagers, than to take their phone. And so when I had to do something to get their attention, I would say, leave the phone over there. You come and talk to me. Look right here. And you would have thought it was, you know, it was a corporal offense, like I had done something horrible. Take, my, take your phone, put it away, come over here. And so we had to escalate a little bit in order to get their attention. The same thing you have to do with your kids. The same thing God has to do with us. And for those of us who have been runners and can remember it, we remember what it's like when God finally got our attention, finally escalated things in our life to where we said, okay, I am now listening. One Sunday afternoon, go home after church several years ago, and I'm trying to take a nap and somebody rings the doorbell. I go down, somebody that was at our church, and he said, I need to talk. He was a mess emotionally. Sat down, couldn't even understand what he was saying because he was crying. And finally, he got the words out, she left me. I said, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And what he proceeded to tell me was a story of his neglect and his abuse and his indiscretions and his bad decisions 
And I said, had she not left, would you be thinking about this right now? He said, probably not. So she had to, she had to really do something to get his attention. So he would listen. But they were a long way down the road. And by the time that happened, it was irreparable. So we have a choice. When God asks us to do something or shares his ideal with us, just like Jonah, we have a choice. A choice like this, where there's, there's where I am and where God wants me to be, and then there's this distance away from God. And we have a choice. When, when it's time for me to move from where I am closer to God, my choice is, am I going to go this direction or am I going to go in the other direction? And the further you go up that blue line that's on the screen, the more damage, the more regret, the more God is going to have to do to get your attention. That blue line is painful. And the further you travel it, the harder it's going to be. But the beauty of this story is that even though God sent this storm to get Jonah's attention, and he may be sending a storm into your life to get your attention, he wasn't giving up on Jonah, and he's not giving up on you. No matter how far you've run, no matter how many mistakes you've made. So it says, Jonah answered, well, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it, they said. And then they continue the conversation, and finally, Jonah says, just throw me into the sea. That's it. Just throw me into the sea. It's my fault. The storm will stop when you just throw me overboard. And they did, and it did. And there was this moment for Jonah that his eyes were open and he realized, this is my fault. This is my problem. I caused this, so just throw me into the sea. And he learned in that one moment that you can run away from God, but you can't get away from God. And then he realized, in order for God to get him back, he may even allow your worst nightmare to happen. It says, Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. We're going to talk about what happened being in the belly of the fish. We're going to talk about that next week. But what could be scarier than that? You're thrown into the sea. It's dark. The sea is raging. It's a certain death sentence. And Jonah is thinking, well, my consequences are I've been thrown into the sea. Oh, I'm going to get eaten by a big fish. That's going to happen too. See, God had other options. Jonah wasn't the only prophet hanging around in those days. God could have just said, all right, he's in the sea, storm stopped, on to my next prophet, and just given up. And what we're going to learn about this fish was it was a provision. In the middle of a storm, God 
provided. That's a better way to say it. Not that God arranged, but that God provided. And it got his attention. And while it may be very hard for Jonah at this point to think, oh, thank you, God, for this fish that's going to eat me. And I'm going to stay inside of this fish's belly for three days and three nights. But what he'll finally determine is that God, God provided in the middle of the storm. So if you feel like your worst nightmare is happening in your life, start to look for God's provision. Start to look for what God might be providing you as a way out. It may not look like you think. It probably won't. I doubt he thought it was going to be a big fish. And I realize a story like this can be really confusing for people who are running or people who are skeptical or people who you maybe don't quite believe what the Bible says or you're still exploring God or trying to figure out what this, this whole church thing is all about. And the last thing you want to hear is me saying, you need to thank God for that terrible time you're in. You need to look for a provision to get out. Amen. I'll see you next week. I mean, that can be confusing to hear that, that, that well, you mean God is, is going to allow or cause, or what does, where does that bad stuff come from? We're going to be talking about that. Does God allow things like bankruptcy and divorces and pain and disease and, and all of that? We're going to be talking about that. What we think is bad really could be just an opportunity in our lives to learn to trust God more. And as sure, sure as I am as that fish didn't look like a provision, you may be going through something in your life that doesn't look like provision. But here's the fact we learn from this story. God is not out to repay us. He is out to rescue us. He is out to rescue us from our running, to bring us back to the right direction and overwhelm us with his grace and mercy and forgiveness. Even in the middle of our greatest mistakes, he will provide a way for you to turn around and walk in a new direction. I love watching those rescue stories. You've probably seen a lot of them in the past week since all the flooding and storms in Houston. And people who would have never interacted with each other in any other way other than, I want to help this person get out of this dangerous situation. And they pick somebody up they may never talk to on the street, and they carry them. And then you hear this story of, I thought I was going to die. And this person came, this volunteer came, and they rescued me. That's what God's ultimate desire is for every one of us. No matter how far we've run in the wrong direction, no matter what kind of storm has to come into our life, no matter how far we've sailed in the wrong direction, God wants our attention so he can show us that his desire is not to repay us. It's to rescue us from our running. You can run away from God, but you can't get away from God.